And here we are. Welcome to What Brought Us Here, episode two of season one. Oh, we're doing season one dash two. Well, yeah, how's everyone her- doing? Let's get a little <laughs> bit of a temperature check. We had a really slow start today because we were trying to solve all of these audio issues. Garrett and I are actually together right now, which is really cool. Uh, we are six feet apart, and so we are now safely recording, but we were able to, through some fortunate circumstances, record together, which is cool. Fortunate? Fortunate. Okay. <laughs> you, c- you can call it fortunate. That's okay. I mean, I'm the safest distance away at a what is probably about two miles from the both of you, so mm, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We tried to get you to come here. Wait, you really got to take this seriously, Charles. Excuse me. <laughs> well, actually, he's wearing a really cool beanie. That is true. So, I mean, it's beanie. I woke the- up today and I it was crisp in the air, and it has been for a couple days. And so I officially announced it. And I said it out loud. I will kid you not. I have witnesses to this. I said today is the beginning of beanie season, and beanie season <sighs> runs from approximately whatever today is Sunday. Well, as we're recording this, it's Sunday, September twentieth of two thousand twenty, and beanie season starts now, and it does not end until June first of twenty twenty one. Beanie Love season. It. Love it. I should have got my long up. season. Well, because that's but still the, crisp all the way through May, because it gets really, really cold, and then it's not until it starts to get warmer, which isn't usually until the end of May anyway, that you have to transition away from a beanie, which is very warm and will make you sweat once you get to the heat into a different type of hat. Yeah. The real qu- the real question of the week, though, is, are you wearing pants? I'm wearing pants. Are you oh. wearing pants? I, I forgot. Is that the thing we were supposed to do today? Uh, yes, it is. I am also wearing pants. Dang it. I think that's I'm the- kidding. I'm wearing pants. I did it. I put them on. I'm very right, proud of you. It. Thanks. Appreciate it. So talking about the thing that brought us here a little bit is that we all wore pants today. But the first thing I want to do before we talk about that is talk about temperature, which we were already talking about in two ways. First of all, <laughs> this is my ideal weather this fall high 50s through mid 60s that's like my go range and i i really like that weather and it just does it for me it gets me energized and it gets me more willing to do things and there's a ton of great fall activities you can do in the fall how do you guys feel about fall and pumpkin spice lattes (laughs) and all the other wonderful things that come with fall i mean as a former starbucks employee I have a lot of thoughts about fall items, but otherwise, I mean, I love, I love it. I was wearing, you know, full flannel the other day, flannel shirt with a shirt underneath and I was good to go. I was off to the races with some boots. I was living my best New England life. It was awesome. And it marks the beginning of beanie season. Well, today's the beginning of beanie season. The other day was the beginning of flannel season. They run somewhat parallel. (laughs) There are some overlap, but they're a little different. Flannel season runs about September 15th to May 26th, whereas beanie season is September 20th to June 1st. Are these, are these, uh, are these studied, are these proven like statistics? Are these like researched or are we just coming up with dates? Uh, uh, you know what? Just go with the flow. I don't know why you got to question it. Sorry. Yes. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
Uh, no, my I have to say, my, fall is my favorite season because there's like leaves and pants and beanies and um, scary. Uh, I, I love Halloween's actually my favorite holiday. So there's lots of movies, and I'm just thrilled that now we're in the fall. I I feel like I had something more interesting to say until I started talking. <laughs> no, but the weather is also. It's also my favorite weather. Um, and oh, this is the thing I, I wanted to say. I haven't been in New England um, for oh, that's the right. fall in wow. about five years. And it's the best place to be during the fall. For any of you that, aren't, that don't live in New England, if you've not been to New England in the fall, add it to the bucket list uh, because it's great. So I'm happy I'm, I get to, it's like a plus that I get, I get to be in New England for this season it hasn't happened in a while i have a couple friends from new york who are gonna come visit me in a week or so actually and so during that time what was pretty cool because they're from new york but well they live in new york now but they are from all over the place and so we're going up to uh, my grandmother's place in maine and they were like what is there to do i said you're in new england in the middle of the fall like well technically the beginning but still like it's which is the best place to be i said one you get foliage which i know out of towners love big foliage people two apple picking cider three cider donuts oh just oh, cider donuts it's oh yeah it's cider donut season which coincidentally is also part of beanie season once again they run parallel but it is a much shorter season yeah it's also uh, apple cider season and not just apple cider donut season. Apple picking is just the best activity. It's so fun. I love apple picking so I much. I think there was one point where I started getting told not to climb the trees. And that was that was the worst thing that ever happened that in was, my life. It's a hard day. The day you're told not. No, I agree. You're The day you're told not to climb trees anymore at apple orchards. Because they're like, you're like 25 and you're still climbing trees <laughs> with all of these seven-year-olds. Yeah, and but then the we're like, the best ones right. are at the top. Yeah, we still do it. We all still do it, and everyone knows it. I would just I make sure just... that no one's looking. I won't. I won't lie. I, the last time I went apple picking, I still climbed a tree. I'm willing to admit that because the best ones are at the top. Because all like, of why... the good ones get picked off the bottom quickly. But why is that a rule? They're trees. They're basically made for climbing. What damage is that going to do? Well, now we're going to get a bunch of angry <laughs> in, well, inbox messages telling us about how dangerous oh, it, like, it is, is it, to a tree. Wow, we got a big following really fast. <laughs> Wait, did I say something offensive? I don't know. Some arborist might want to correct us. If you're an arborist and you would like to tell I, us I was at approximately about... what age and weight we should stop climbing trees, <laughs> please inbox us at what brought us here pod on Instagram. Make your opinion yeah. heard. That was also a joke, but like, I, I just think, I, I I don't know, maybe it's just a liability thing for the apple orchard, where they're like, you're at the age where like, you could sue us by yourself, and if you fall out of this tree, I don't know. That's the only thing I could come up with. Mm. So, going from fall temperatures to our temperature check, mm. oh, look at this. Second episode, and we already have flawless segues. Grown. Thank you, thank you. Because I'm the editor, I will also edit in applause right here. 
Boo. <laughs> Boo. I just, well, if, as long as we're, <laughs> since we're just spending, taking a second to criticize your, <laughs> your methods. No, go on. You told us at the beginning, it was like, I have two different temperature checks. And then you said, the first one is literal temperature. And then you said, speaking of temperature, I don't know. It just kind of like, Never yeah, mind. you're the I, one that no, took us off topic, pal. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I find it very, very engaging and very pleasing when your hosts are fallible and seem like humans as opposed to the perfect people that they are in real life, like I, I am. It. I love it. So. If, 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 but, you know, in the future, if you want a good segue, don't hint at what the segue is going to be <laughs> earlier on, which is what you did, kind of. <laughs> So right, we were talking. <laughs> it's like what, first we're going to do two, a temperature check, and then we're going to segue into a different kind of temperature check. What's great about how close you two are to each other is that someone could actually get struck during this, and I'm far enough away that it won't be me. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> when we're having now, one time. of the really interesting things about segues is that you ride them when you're on vacation, and we were talking about taking a Ooh. vacation. To New England in the fall, which has very nice temperatures. So let's now actually go to our temperature check. How is everyone doing today? I'm doing really well. Well, we haven't done this in a like what was it? It's been like a month, Two weeks. almost exactly a month. Yes. Oh, really? Almost exactly a month. Yep. A lot has happened since then. I finally started getting my unemployment benefits. Yay! Well, also, boo. Been, that's that's good and bad. Yeah, it is good and bad. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it was really, uh, it was an exciting day. I just got like one giant deposit. Um, so, yeah, that was cool after six months. Um, what else has been going on? I uh, I got new glasses, which Rob never commented on even though i've been we've spent all day together and i'm excited about that but someone else isn't i did notice them i didn't i, I didn't realize they were new but i was like hey those are cool glasses but yeah. i never externalized it thanks hey garrett hey your new glasses look nice thanks charlie wow you're the first person to say that to me today <laughs> are those are those warby parkers they look nice yeah they are you're too late Warby Parker, if you want to sponsor us, then we are really good to our sponsors. I also wear Warby Parker glasses. Once again, not a sponsored comment. I love them. I've worn them for years. My no, favorites. I agree. I just got, sorry. I, I just got into them um, like my last pair of glasses and I got, it was my first pair of clear frames. Oh, and, I didn't know that yeah. you had clear frame glasses. I do. I don't wear them much because they're too small for my head. Well, your head is abnormally large, so I could see how that would be a problem. It is. It's, it is. There's a lot of brain matter to fit in there. Um, so it's really... <laughs> it's really... I, I don't get to wear them much, but they are really cool, and I just like those ones. So my next pair of glasses, which I'm due for, I am going to get another pair of Warby Parkers and just make them a little bit wider, but basically the same thing I already have. Yeah, I think I'm going to get, I'm, I might get new glasses soon too. It's that, it's that time of the year, Garrett. It's new, might mm. also be new glasses season. It's new glasses season. That's another thing I love about fall. <laughs> so, what, what did I say? There are trees and beanies and pants and new glasses. Mm -hmm. Trees, beanies, uh, pants, new glasses, flannel, yeah. cider donuts, cider, <laughs> cider, 
apples. By the way, this this podcast is sponsored by Fall. <laughs> Fall, also called Autumn, where you'll find beanies and pants and new glasses and leaves. And Fall. <laughs> Fall can't object to sponsoring us because it's an idea and a scientific concept <laughs> that is true. not a paid sponsor. Yeah, I do want to jump back to the unemployment. I, too, am on unemployment benefits. Right? Well, I was until the fall because of my college teaching schedule and the way that my college contract works. But I, I've been on unemployment pretty much through the summer. And one of the things that I found about it, just to talk about it in general, is that we were talking about probably something a little bit lighter, but unemployment is really annoying. You have to call pretty much, and if you try and sign up online, there's a bunch of obstacles and hurdles. And I was thinking that I am a two-degree person, and which I can clearly exemplify by saying a two-degree person. I have a master's degree, and I have a very strong control over the English. I have a moderately good control over the English language. As again, I am. <laughs> I don't think that was a grammatically correct <laughs> sentence, which is the peak of irony. Okay. But I was trying to, to file for unemployment originally, and there's a lot of different steps you have to go through. And I find it to be really complicated, especially signing up online. And I was thinking that if you're someone that doesn't have the same technological skills or language skills to navigate that unemployment system. I got really concerned about that. Yeah. Well, I like, I'm in a really good situation here because like my, I'm with my parents, but the fact that it took six months, I wasn't like offended as me living with my parents, not paying rent. I was like offended as a potential, like, uh, artist living in new york having to pay rent which for all they knew i was yeah like is this how you're this is how you're handling this so i don't know well i think but. you know i think that's what's most interesting because so off of all that I, I was in new york this past weekend and it's just interesting to see how fundamentally different the city is between march and now it is not like it is not the same place at all not even forget the the lack of tourism that's now there but what's so interesting to me now is when you go into the city and you just see the huge difference because not only is there no one there but it's almost like the life was sucked out of the city in a way um, yeah because the only people that you really see around are in the more residential areas as it was so like in the upper east like further up and in from what I've heard in the upper west but once you get into more the den more densely populated areas and when you were if you're an artist who was like living in hell's kitchen there's no one over there and everyone's kind of left the city so it's re it's really like someone just pulled and sucked the air out of the city which is really it's yeah. weird it's weird yeah but and not to and that's another thing about the tourism there it's it's like you're really only seeing locals who aren't excited necessarily excited to be in New York Mm -hmm. So that will like create a little bit of that. That's probably why the energy is a little dead because there's not people like going, wow, look at this. Wow. Let's go over to Fifth Avenue. You know, they're not like nobody really cares that much. People yeah. are just going to where they need to go for mm -hmm. the most part. And yeah. then. But they're doing a great job. Like I was there too. But I want to after this, I want to hear about Charlie, your trip. But 
they're doing a great job of like wearing masks and uh there's no indoor seating there anywhere so i would i was like having lunch with my friends and i was sitting in the middle of broadway which was really surreal but they're doing a really good job and i think that's why i think they're in good shape in terms of like the infection rates being low that's the thing that was really interesting to me too because over the last few months i've been moving out like you guys know that i've been moving back to new england and had still an apartment that I had to pay for there, even though I was working up here and and got out in time, um, but couldn't get out of my lease or anything. So I had to still deal with all that stuff. And what I found most interesting, because the first time I went back, there was still no one in the city. I went in April when things were still really bad. uh, And then I went back in June. And what I really appreciated even then, and it was true from June even to now in September, is that when you're even walking around outside, it is really that common courtesy thing that everybody, even just walking around, is all everyone's wearing masks. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, Gary, like all the all the seating is outside, and that's the kind of thing that I find most interesting about New York is the en- ingenuity. Because before I lived in New York, I never really liked New York City because it's just so much hustle and bustle. But it really is that gritty spirit that people talk about that, you know, people find a way to do things. And so when they did this whole outdoor dining, some of the outdoor dining is so cool too. how certain restaurants, depending on what means they had, when they built some really nice wooden booths outside or really just were able to capture the feel of the inside of the restaurant outside, like that stuff's really yeah. cool to me. Um, because yeah. there's just so many restaurants too in New York. It's like, okay, so now everyone's eating outside. So how do you market yourself as now an outside establishment if your whole thing was inside? Um, and I just think, yeah. you know, they've done a really, I think a lot of places have done a really, really good job. But what's heartbreaking too is, you know, like when I was there this weekend are seeing some of my favorite bars and favorite restaurants have either closed or look like they're, they, you know, temporarily closed and may never reopen. And so that stuff's really tough to see, but they're too, they're doing their best. Yeah. And they're, and they're being creative. And, uh, basically we, we stan New York. It's pog. <laughs> did I say that right? What you does did. that mean? What does that mean? Well, uh, you guys uh, I used it that. earlier. I don't know what it means. No, Rob to, used yeah. it, and I'm trying to jump on the bandwagon. I can get to that deal. in a second. Um, so basically, actually, I'll talk about it now. Pog is <laughs> basically. I don't. There's like a video from the gaming community for where someone something good happened to them, and they said Pog Champ. And it was just a random expression of, like, huzzah, kind of. So... So Is poggers the same? Because you used that in our WhatsApp chat yesterday. Yes. So, (laughs) any variation that has pog in it is that. So, pog, poggers, pogchamp, those are all the same kind of thing. And it's an internet... Thing. There's it's there's an emote specifically of a guy that has his mouth opened and he's making like a ooh face with uh. big wide eyes and like lips forward and he's like oh that kind of face and that is the pog champ face. Hey hey Charlie, I think I smell a new segment where we try and teach the people that are like our age like how to talk like a Gen Z person oh. with like a turn. <laughs> Oh, like no. there's a new term that Rob introduces everyone. We're going to take the TikTok and bring it into the podcast. Oh God! Oh no! I'm kidding. It's okay. It's like I got criticized this weekend because so I talk I talk to children and dogs as if 
I, I think that they're real people. Uh, and so what I get criticized for, because I talk and I talk to them as if <laughs> not that children aren't real people, but either way. But hey, dogs are the best people. <laughs> they're better people than we are. Okay, and so go on. But what I get is because I talk to them the way I would never talk to another human, though. Like I would I call the dog bro and I'll refer to the dog as bro. And if the dog does it, then I'm like, bro, you need to calm down. And so my, like the friends that I was hanging out with, they go, I've never heard you say bro that much. I said, I don't say it. They said, why do you keep saying it to the dog? I said, oh, because he's my bro. Like it's different. <laughs> and it's and I do it to kids, too, because kids get a kick out of it because they think that they do. I'm like being more friendly with them and so then yeah. kids like gravitate to me which is always why i've enjoyed teaching like the younger ages when i used to teach skiing and snowboarding because <laughs> yeah. like, i'd be like bros let's go like let's go bros and they're like yeah let's go i think that's i think that's the key to like working with like working with young kids and, and making you know making sure they like you is like talk to them like they're adults or like you know mm-hmm I mean, not necessarily your friends that like they're your friends, but like talk to them. Don't don't do like a kid's voice and like they're going to they're going to adore you. Oof, I cringe at the kid voice. Makes me yeah, so it's, uncomfortable. It's, it's the worst thing. <laughs> Makes me so. I won't even do it to a baby. Oh, come on over. Gross. I'll be like, hey, you stop that crying right now. I'll smack you, you know, and then (laughs) and they're pretty responsive to that. They're like, okay, sir. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much. I will. uh, I will. just seed my crying. Charlie, you should talk more about your New York trip. You should. So I went to New York this weekend because uh, one of my friends is getting married. Uh, Despite the ongoing global pandemic, we she has found a way to try to still have some type of wedding, even though it has severely decreased in size and has gotten down to the point that there's only a couple tables and it's already maxed out between family and just like some some friends that she's had for a long, long time. And so it's really tough, too, because what I was looking at is I saw the seating chart and it's like I, I looked at it. And it just it didn't even register with me. And I was like, this doesn't seem like a lot of people. And it just, cause I've always wondered, like you hear a number for a wedding and you're like, Oh, that seems like a lot of people. But now that the wedding is one third of the size that it was supposed to be, I'm like, this doesn't seem like anybody. Um, mm-hmm. so I had gone down there. She needed some, she needed to do some stuff and I got to see her and one of my other friends. And so I drove them out to long Island and we like got pizza while, while she was like trying on her, her hair and makeup stuff or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'll sit here and eat pizza and watch TV on a big fancy TV. Like that's cool with me. I'll do that and then played yeah. with her dog in the backyard super fun uh and then went back and we drank two wine bros. on her we drank, yeah just two bros throwing some <laughs> stick you know uh <laughs> and then uh yeah we drank some wine on a rooftop that was fun we went through a lot of wine on saturday i went i literally got we got back from long island at 3 30 and there was half a well, half or a third of a bottle of wine from the night before and I literally just went right to the fridge afterwards because I knew I wasn't going to be driving the rest of the day. And I, I just, it was a screw top. I unscrewed it and started drinking it from the bottle because I'm classy like that. And then, <laughs> uh, then we had to go buy more and we bought more. And then I drank another bottle and uh, we had some Chinese food. It was great. New York City Chinese food, best in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure is. Sure no. Is. Sponsored by. New York City Chinese food. <laughs> it's the best in the world. Best no in the world. One, yeah. Period. <laughs> now, we last week talked a little bit about Garrett's connections to New York, and Charlie also has a lot of connections to New York. 
Um, you used to work there, right? I did used to work there, correct. And I think from there, let's talk about what brought you to New York in the first place and Oof. just a little bit about your story and what brought you to where you are now. Oof. Well, so I think what's interesting about my New York story is it's very different than a lot of people's New York story. I, before I got to New York, I did not like New York. I'm not one of those people that was always like trying to get to New York somehow and wanted to live in New York one day because my industry needed me to go there or whatever it was. Um, for what I do, New York really isn't anything uh, particularly spectacular. It is, you know, so I have a degree in criminal justice. I have a degree in sociology and then I got my law degree. And so when the time for jobs was coming up, I have a lot of debt because of my schooling and needed to work in public service and was looking for certain jobs. And unfortunately, in New England, the amount of money that I was going to get paid was not going to offset uh, my debts. And I wasn't going to be able to make a livable wage for myself, even though with like income driven repayments, things just weren't going to work out. And so I had friends that were applying to jobs in New York City, and I saw what their offers were. And it was enough that I said, well, you know, maybe I need to give this a shot. Before I applied to that job, I had been in New York City exactly one time a couple years before, and I hated it, hated it. Cause I, and I had get, gotten dragged to all the areas I never would have wanted to go to and went to all the touristy places and, and just didn't like it. But um, I knew for myself and for my career, it was going to be a good place to go start and get some good skills. So I ended up applying and so the second time i ever went to new york city i was interviewing for this job and what was interesting is that you know my family were a very blue collar family um because of some of the stuff that i've been involved in my sister's been involved in um we've met some interesting people um we know someone who is a broadway producer um, and her husband, I believe, is a venture capitalist, and they own a condo in Times Square. And so when I was going to wow. interview, yeah, low key, and uh, we, uh, when I was going to interview, it was kind of last minute that they offered me the interview, and I didn't really have any money, and I had no place to stay, and so my mom reached out. And so this woman reaches out to me. She was like, Charlie, don't even hesitate to ask. Go stay at my place. It's going to be fine. So I'm staying in this building that is next to the M&M building in Times Square. And at the time, <laughs> the view from the living room was of the old Hershey uh, store. They've now since moved where the Hershey store was. So this was back in 2017. And so now they've moved the Hershey store to like the opposite side. It's like across the street, right? Yeah, they moved it to the opposite side. So... Like that was really interesting because I never was interested in something like that, but like that was like really intoxicating. And and I was interviewing in a, like February, and so it was dead in Times Square and no one was around. So that was really cool to be able to walk through Times Square when no one was there. And that was when I started to kind of feel it out and get used to it. Um, and then so I got offered the job. I ended up working there. I lived in the Upper East Side despite myself. Uh, we I, in what you could generously call the upper east so i was living on 90th street um and upper east side yeah I, I, well it, that's technically yorkville but it's still part of the upper east and it's on the east side so you could call oh. it that and you know but it's i was working east side like uh, up <laughs> yeah as a non-new yorker i would call it upper east side exactly i don't know if i have any say in that though yeah 
But I mean, so it was interesting, but I did work a lot and I worked way more than I was supposed to. Uh, I was working, my job required me to work nights, weekends, holidays. I had tons of time off saved up, tons of sick time saved up. I had taken two sick days in the two and a half years that I worked there. Uh, and then things just started coming together. And I, what I really found and enjoyed about New York is I got really into bars and restaurants and coffee and different things. Like I wasn't so much drawn to the touristy areas as I was some of the more unique restaurants and got to see that part of New York. And so now I've found a niche in the city that's mine. Um, but I have a niece and nephew, or I have a niece and two nephews back here in New England and I'm a skier and a snowboarder and it just, you know, New York was fun, but it's it is definitely a rat race if you're in the legal industry and in the financial industry, if you're part of that. And so, you know, it can be really stressful. And that just wasn't that lifestyle just wasn't for me. And I knew it wasn't for me. So now I'm back in New England. I'm like super happy. I like I bought a ski pass for the first time in a couple of years and, you know, have my beanie on. I'm super comfortable. Wore a flannel <laughs> shirt. It wore a flannel shirt to work the other day and no one blinked an eye. So you I know, fall. Yeah. Fall stuff. Yeah. So, Fun fact. No one in New York wears beanies or flannel at all. I wore beanies. Not a single person. Wore beanies all the time and everyone in Brooklyn wears flannel. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank God. I thought there was something wrong with Rob. <laughs> there are no hipsters, there are no hipsters in New York here. City. Oh my God. I love them. I just love the day. I think that was the coolest thing for me, though, to see, especially as someone who like didn't like New York before, is finding the character of each neighborhood and finding the character of each borough. Like I worked, I worked specifically in the Bronx. So like that area definitely had its own character, but there, even within the Bronx, there were different neighborhoods that had their each own characters. Um, and we're all very different. Same thing for with Manhattan. Every neighborhood had something different. Brooklyn has a different vibe and like different, more residential areas of Brooklyn versus more transient areas of Brooklyn. Um, Gowanus that is a little more gritty, but has all sorts of cool breweries now and is up and coming and connects down into Park Slope. Like, so that was what was cool to me is then seeing some of that stuff and not just generalizing it all as like Times Square, Statue of Liberty, you know, yeah. one world trade, et cetera. Like there's, there's stuff. So that yeah, was cool. And now, I, but I'm happy to be a New Englander again. Speaking of neighborhoods in New York, I just saw an article that said something like, so, you know how the, the West village and Greenwich village is known for like their jazz scene, mm-hmm. like all the jazz club, the great jazz clubs and, um, all the great musicians down there i saw an article that said all right like the jazz scene in new york is barely holding on and that made me real upset so this is a thing one of the things that's stressing me out because that's that's what i love to do there i love to like go to there's this great really great jazz club called smalls that i go to and i'm like worried about i'm worried about it Mm -hmm. if you think of it uh, donate (laughs) Like I really supported the stand-up comedy scene in New York. Um, yeah. That was one of the things that I I did most often. I went to the comedy cellar a lot and saw a lot of different acts. And like that, that's cool because not only do you get to see some of the drop-in acts that are bigger names, but you also get to see people who haven't broken out yet and are still up and coming. Um, and so it's really cool too when I've like seen certain people and then I see them do something else. Like Nimish Patel, I saw for the first time 
when he was doing a uh, like a comedy seller like he got like five minutes i think and then within a couple months after that he was on joe rogan's podcast like so those so things like that for me are kind of cool like watching some people kind of get ready to break out and so like somewhat similarly like that scene is in big trouble because it's not even mm-hmm. like you can do stuff because you can't, if you're not getting that automatic feedback of other people yeah what you are can't you, even you know, do you, you can't do? even work yeah you can't even do your work on your routine mm-hmm. so because part of it is performing and yeah that's an interesting point actually what yeah. one of the really tough thing that's going on and the reason that we wore pants today is because we wanted to talk a little bit about how things have changed and adjusted and we talked about wearing pants because it's like haha we're wearing pants in quarantine nobody wears pants in quarantine but there's different aspects of life that have just totally changed which is something we've talked about a lot and one of our goals with this project that we're doing here is that we want to share with everyone and we probably talked about it last week ways that you can still find a little bit of i mean i guess normalcy or enjoyment out of a very stressful time because one of the really cool things about us as humans and one of the really amazing things i think about how quarantine is gone is that i think there's never been a better species at adapting and changing to radical transformations in lifestyle and i just think it's really interesting but with that comes different professions have different i guess vulnerabilities to to a thing where everything shuts down and especially entertainment and performance other than multi-million dollar multi-billion dollar projects like the nba and such which i also consider to be in that same entertainment realm but entertainment is hit so hard because we rely on having other people there to to enjoy it and it's really hard to find ways to find avenues to reach those people that you were reaching before in this time and one of the really interesting things is finding how different artists adapt where you get to the people that are performing on tiktok or instagram live streams doing their entire sets or how some people will go to bars and perform there but some people don't have those avenues and talking about what charlie was talking about with the stand-up comedians that's so hard because it really does rely on instant feedback i know i kind of went on a tangent here but no but i i I see what you mean because so for my industry specifically and you know the legal industry depending on what you do is really not set up for quarantine especially if you're someone that is a litigator you're supposed to be in court almost every day you're supposed to be having meetings with your clients or whoever every day you're supposed to you know and if you go to trials you're supposed to pack that courtroom. You have, you know, six to 12 jurors, depending on what kind of trial you're doing and a judge and court officers and other individuals. And that, so that industry just ground to a halt entirely. There are some places that have tried to find ways to be innovative. What I found like really interesting, cause it's also opened the door for new possibilities to be able to work from home and be more flexible um, because it was an industry that wasn't willing to adapt. Uh, and now it, ha- it was forced to. And so now they have online court for status updates and everything else. They're trying to find ways to do jury trials despite uh, these limitations. And so there's been some trials in 
I believe Kentucky, New Hampshire tried one, Massachusetts just did a pilot one as well. And so I'm sure states here and there are also doing it to try to find ways to keep people safe and be able to do that. But it also too, like as far as even just the day-to-day work stuff, it's really it's really changed the game um, for certain things. And a lot of people now have the flexibility to be able to work from home in, in industries that no one ever thought that they could. Um, but that's that's like my privilege is that I was still able to be employed. I changed jobs during quarantine and COVID. I was really lucky and I was really lucky to be in an industry that could find a way to adapt, even though it's not 100% adapted, but it's still moving and it still kept me in the job. Unlike some other things like we've, we've been talking about that it's really hard to find that change and be able to keep moving with it. Yeah, I... Um... I found so I'm not I'm still trying to learn about all this like music technology stuff to like put I also don't like put stuff out there on social media a lot so it's such a weird thing for me but the one thing And that's I've, why Garrett doesn't run our Instagram. That's what? <laughs> that's why Garrett doesn't run our Instagram. It's also why yeah. I don't run our Instagram. I, yeah, <laughs> we don't really post Charlie you're, you're great at this. But the <laughs> The thing that I, because I've been practicing piano a lot and trying to learn new things and about music and all that. But one thing I've learned uh, throughout this, these past six months is I, I think the way I personally become a better musician and learn the most about the craft is by being in a room with other people, like playing music together. Like there's only, you know, a lot of it is a solitary thing like when you when you practice your technique or you know when you're trying to uh transcribe something or this is like musician lingo i know but but some of it is solitary but like personally i don't i feel like i can't advance as a musician unless i'm in a room collaborating with other people and i know people are trying to do this and people are doing a really good job like there are some people that are putting out like amazing like those like Brady Bunch videos of everyone playing their <laughs> instruments and like a whole choir singing and people are great at that. But like, I don't know. It's just, it's just been, it's just been tricky um, in that way. And I'm sure Charlie, like there's, it, there's even, there's so much adapting that, you know, a, a lawyer would have to do because I'm sure that, you know, being in court, I'm sure like at least subconsciously you're, you have to react to other people's like body language and things like that. I mean, I don't know. I could be really like, no, you're totally right. And I think for me, it's really hard because now that I'm arguing certain things in court and it's on video, not only do you have the added layer of if there's delay and someone tries to cut in and then it's that whole problem on top of everything else. But I, I am someone that I thrive a lot more when I'm, being watched and I know I'm being watched and I because I also have for years been in an environment where I know how to present myself in front of a group it's very different when you take that and then you put it in front of a web camera and I what I've found is that I've had to find new footing in how I do my arguments because Mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable sitting down and saying these things like I'm not comfortable sitting down and staring at a screen and saying these things because I'm more animated as a person in general I'm Mm. more animated as an orator in general and so like not being able to just to stand up and speak and use my body and my arms to explain and just walk around too like that changes you know all of that 
I have found that it really made it more difficult. There was a time like I was tripping all over my words during an argument and I usually never have that problem. And yeah. that was, you know, I, cause it was something I worked at for a really long time. And then all of a sudden I found that I'm blanking a lot more that I'm losing my train of thought a lot more. And I don't know why yeah. that is, but I think it's because I've taken, I've been taken out of the environment that I'm used to and been yeah. forced to, to change it, but I'm finding new ways to get better. Like I've found different mm. things and, Usually when I'm like, if I'm in an actual courtroom, I don't really need to l write a lot down. But when I've been on the web camera, because like I'm not interacting with the same stimuli, I have to jot certain things down to make sure that I hit them and make sure I don't lose my train of thought and make sure I keep moving. So it is little things like that. I definitely agree. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, as, as a musician as well, like Rob and I were just playing music together all day and I was, I like. I was realizing that I was playing things that I never would have thought of if I was just like sitting here by myself. It's like all about bouncing by bouncing ideas off each other. And uh, it's just something I really miss. I hope that comes back soon. Yeah. But so speaking of that. like music and what we're listening to, Rob, what's your shower song of the week? Uh, it's wonderful that you should ask that. We've been actually working on a lot of cover songs, Garrett and I, and we're going to be putting out an acoustic set because we think that a small group is viable in maybe not now, but probably in a few months, hopefully, then that's going to be a thing. So I was doing a lot of deep diving into really cool covers and really cool versions of songs. And it made me think of this song that I had heard a while ago and... Most people, I believe, are familiar with Harry Styles. I think Harry Styles is a great musician. He's kind of the next, not our generation, but the One Direction generation. It's He's kind of their Justin Timberlake, where he was a boy band guy that's now starting to come out as a successful solo artist. And he did a cover of Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. No way! On the Howard Stern Show. Oh, that's awesome. And it's really good. So one of the things that I really like about it is that sometimes when people take covers, then they'll take it and they'll do like a totally, totally new out of nowhere thing. And that can be really cool. What I really like about this version is that Sledgehammer is a great song already on its own. And the version version that he does is a hundred. No, it's not a hundred percent the same, but it's very much the same song except the instrumentation is changed around a little bit so instead of using the heavy synths of the 80s then it'll use like b3 electric organ and it has three girls that are playing instruments but they also are doing the backup vocals and the drum beat rather than being a drum machine actually it might be a live drum in the original but it's totally funkified but it has the same groove and the same feel and it's just the same song but it's like twice as funky and twice as grooving and it's really 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 cool and i highly recommend it on our spotify playlist the exact version is not there but it will be linked under the episode i love peter gabriel's sledgehammer so i can't wait to go find that i'm so excited for this yeah i'll share it in our chat right after sledgehammer yeah, it's so good. And the vo my favorite thing about it is that the vocals are like really clean and really satisfying to listen to when they come on with the sledgehammer vocals. It's so good. Also, Music. as we begin to wrap up, I would like to note 
no one can see this because we're on a podcast, but you can see it. I have lit an apple cider candle in memory of fall and everything smells great. And it's an aromatherapy candle, so it will help me drift off. So I'm just wondering, Charlie, if your candle, uh, if your fall candle smells like beanies and leaves and and pants and new eyeglasses. I'm going to need to find... I'm going to need to find uh, Jan from The Office, and I'm going to need her to create a scent that is beanies, (laughs) new glasses, flannel, and apple cider. (laughs) It's great. Uh, That's basically the level of candle naming they've got to with like Yankee Candle and stuff anyway, so I feel like it would fit right there. Yeah. Beanie season. Heaven is a place on earth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I actually think that that's a really good spot to wrap up. I think we have a ton of stuff to talk about, and that's great, but I think that a lot of that means we have more to talk about and more to share with you as we move forward. So I would just like to thank all of you for watching. Is there anything else we need to catch before I sign us off? What brought us here is a Rob Taylor music oh production. It's brought to you by Rob with two Bs, Taylor, Garrett Healy with one T, and Charlie with no last name. You can follow us on Instagram at what brought us here pod. And that's the only social we have right now. All right. Tune in and- next week. Like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> Thanks, Fall, for uh for sponsoring us. And also uh charlie who's your friend who's doing our amazing artwork oh that is going to be jay cross you can find him at draw dropping that is oh shoot crap 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 crap, crap we'll, we'll crap. link it underneath draw we'll dropping. link it I love that. yeah <laughs> we'll um, yeah because there's like a weird love that. he has an underscore and i don't remember if it's the beginning or the end but i love that yeah name. the draw art, dropping the art that he's doing is absolutely just top top of the line you, you have to check it out if you, once you find us and are listening to us. And hire him. Yeah, because he's great. Commission he's him. Awesome. Thank you, yes, Jay. Yes, commission him. Um, I don't know you, but you rock. Yeah, so that's, your name is great. that's all. I also want to echo a big thank you to Fall and to New York Chinese Food for sponsoring us. So <laughs> thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, we're really glad to have you here with us. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye.